Good morning. My name is Andrea Messelt, and it's a privilege to be a pastoral intern here at Hope. It's a privilege to get to open the Word of God with you this morning. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online as well. We are in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and today we are going to be learning what it looks like to ask, seek, and knock. But before we go any further, let's join together in a word of prayer. Lord God, your word is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. God, would you use our, your word to, uh, to speak to our hearts, to teach our hearts today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our scripture reading for today kind of reminded me of one of my favorite movies, uh, the movie of Aladdin. Maybe you're familiar with it. If you're not, uh, Aladdin is a thief, a peasant thief, and uh, he happens on a golden lamp, which he rubs, and out pops a genie who offers him three wishes. Now, what starts out as seeming very transactional, rub the lamp, say the words, get the stuff, actually becomes very transformational in the lives of both Aladdin, who is, finds himself being the master of this all-powerful genie who is his servant. It moves from this transactional uh, encounter to a transformational relationship. They get something they never even considered uh, wishing for or asking for. They get a friendship. They get loyalty. I guess I, I might have spoiled the ending. Not really, but. Rub the lamp, say the things, get the stuff. In our scripture reading, uh, the lesson for today, we find King Solomon, who has just become the king over Israel, and it's a vast group of people. He has become the king, and he knows that he is not going to be able to rule this people in his own strength. And so he seeks God, and God uh, visits him in a vision or in a dream, and he says to Solomon, ask for anything you want and I will give it to you. Ask for anything, and I will give it to you. It's kind of like three wishes, isn't it? But Solomon wisely asks for wisdom. He asks for wisdom, to which God responds, you know, you could have asked for anything. You could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for power. Um, you could have asked for, he even says, the death of your enemies, right? But because you asked for wisdom, Solomon, I am going to give you great wealth and possessions and glory. Solomon asked for wisdom, and we would do well to take his lead in this instance. But if you've been a student of the Old Testament, or if you read too much further, into Second Chronicles, you will find that King Solomon started out well, asking for wisdom, but he didn't really end up doing too well. King Solomon is famous for his writings on wisdom. Uh, he wrote the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. 
But he is infamous for the number of wives that he has and the number of gods that he serves as a result for this vast number of wives. And so King Solomon starts out really well and he ends up off the rails. So we might ask, what's the difference between understanding and wisdom? Well, understanding uh, is in the head, right? It's, it's a intellectual knowledge. We understand things. Wisdom is the working its way from our head to our hearts, through our hearts, and to our hands. That is wisdom. And so Solomon kind of got stuck somewhere. He got stuck somewhere in there. Now we might ask the question, if God knew that Solomon was just going to kind of get all this wisdom and then screw it up, why did he give Solomon the wisdom in the first place? Right? Like, that doesn't seem right according to our worldly standards. But God gives good gifts He gives wisdom. It says in James 3.13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And then James 1.17 says uh, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God gives good gifts gifts. He is the good gift giver. Every good gift comes from him. And so God gave Solomon the gift of wisdom. Now what Solomon does with that gift of wisdom is his response to God's gifts. And that's free will, right? We get to decide if we're going to use the gifts God has given us to serve him, to worship him, or not. But God is a good gift giver. And he gave Solomon that gift of wisdom. He gives us gifts, and he invites us to use those gifts for him and for his glory. God giving Solomon wisdom came with an invitation for Solomon to seek God's wisdom all his days, not just the one day. Walking in wisdom and understanding is not a one-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing. So let's fast forward to our Sermon on the Mount section in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Does that sound like a genie? A little bit. And it goes further. Jesus goes further and he says, For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Seems a little bit like rub the lamp, say the words, get the stuff, right? But I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about, and I'm guessing you don't either. And one of the reasons I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about is because that hasn't been my life experience. Has it been yours? Ask for whatever you want and I'm going to give it to you. I don't think Jesus is talking about going to God as a big vending machine in the sky. No. 
He's talking about something much deeper. He's asking us to live a lifestyle of asking, seeking, and knocking. I grew up on a small farm in southern Minnesota, and my parents raised pigs, and there was a farm down the road that had horses. Now, you maybe know where this is going, uh, but I, I didn't, we never tried to ride the pigs, but occasionally we got to go horseback riding with our neighbors, and I fell in love with horses, and I loved to learn about them and learn how to ride them better and groom them and feed them and all of the things, and so I began to pray for a horse. I begged God for a horse, and I begged my parents for a horse. I mean, they didn't even have the excuse, like, we live in town. We didn't live in town. But you know what? I never got the horse. I should apologize to my parents. I didn't mean to throw them under the bus. They're probably watching. I never got the horse. And I'm sure you have a story similar. My children are praying for a dog. It's not looking good. But we pray for much more serious things, don't we? It's not all ponies and puppies that we pray for. We pray for healthy pregnancies, and we pray for healthy babies. We pray for a release from the chains of addiction. We pray for freedom from depression and anxiety. We pray for a favorable health diagnosis. We pray for healing. We pray for remission. We pray for direction in life. And you could add, as many of you as are in this room, you could add to that list in new ways. We pray and we pray and we pray, and we don't always see with our physical eyes the answer to our prayer. But just because we don't see with our physical eyes the answer to our prayer doesn't mean that God isn't moving, because he is. God is moving in more ways, in more places, in more people than we can even imagine. With eyes of faith, we see that God is moving and working in all of the things, in all of the prayers that we pray, and he is working for good. You maybe have a story where you, you prayed a prayer and you didn't necessarily see the outcome you were praying for, but down the road, you saw God's hand work in many different circumstances and in many different people. Now this idea that Jesus is talking about, about asking, seeking, and knocking, in the original language, these words are in a present persistent tense. That means, it's like he's saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Jesus has this huge crowd around him on the mountain, and he has his disciples, and he has you and me in his thoughts when he is teaching these people a way of life, that we are to live our lives asking, seeking, and knocking. This isn't just a one-time thing. He's inviting us to lean 
in daily to ask, seek, and knock. These verses are less about what we will receive and more about an invitation to a relationship. These verses are about God transforming our hearts and our wills, our desires, and our dreams. Not about what we're going to get. Jesus then highlights this relational nature of, of us praying to God as, as Father, which was a new idea to these people. When he, he says, uh, he talks about God the Father, and then he, he compares it to evil people, which is sort of a zinger, right? Ouch. But you know what? He's right. I can do right by my own kids sometimes, but not all of the time. And I'm sure you can say the same. But Jesus says, you know, when, if you who are evil, you, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. So, so that when, when your kid asks you for bread, you're not going to give him a rock. And if your kid asks you for a fish, you're not going to just like slap a snake on their plate and say, bon appetit. That would be horrible. But he says, then how much more? And this is a technique that this how much more is like highlighting and putting an exclamation point on the character of God, that he is good. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? In Luke, when he's recording Jesus' sermon on the plain, Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit. We have a good Father. So what are you asking for? What are you seeking God for? You know, it's getting closer to Christmas. Sorry to bring it up. But when I was growing up, my mom and dad didn't have a, a ton of money, but they always tried to make Christmas very special. And, and my mom was the shopper, and so it was for Christmas one year. I never asked for it, but she gave me my first boombox with a CD player. Kids, you can ask your parents what a CD is later. <laughs> I got my first CD, which was awesome. Uh, but today, fast forward to today, my husband and I, we try to rack our brains to try to give our kids something they never knew they could ask for, uh, something that that they just, they wouldn't have even considered. Now, they, they do make a, a gift list, some of them, um, but I don't necessarily care about what's on the list. I want to come up with my own thing. So, a couple years ago, I noticed that our oldest two, uh, their feet stopped growing. And so I said to John, my husband, what do you think if we get the kids skis and a snowboard, our oldest two? We enjoy skiing, we don't do it that much, but I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we could get them their own skis and snowboard? He got on board with it, even though it was gonna be more than we usually spend. He was on board, so we went shopping, we got all the things, and on Christmas Eve, they got to open their boots. And the look on their face was one of absolute surprise, and they just, and gratitude. They couldn't believe that they were getting skis and a snowboard for Christmas. It also meant that they were going to get the opportunity to ski more, which is a fun thought, too. God gives us more than we could ask or imagine. 
We never would have thought to ask for a relationship with God the Father where we can just go to him. But when Jesus died on the cross, there was this curtain in the temple that separated the most holy place from the place where the priest served God. And once a year, that priest was the mediator, and they came into the Holy of Holies, and and that's where they would make an atonement for the sin of the people. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain tore in two from top to bottom. It was a miracle, but it was God throwing the door wide open to a relationship with him. We no longer needed a priest to be in relationship with God on our behalf. God said, Jesus is the way. He is the mediator, and he has made a way for you and me to call God Father. Something we never knew we wanted. Something we never knew we could have asked for. And God gave it to us. And it makes all the difference. When we ask for help, we have a helper. And when we ask for comfort, we have a comforter. And when we need hope, we have a savior. It is in this asking and seeking and knocking that we get more than we ever dreamed. When we pound on the chest of our good father, and then he helps us to open our hands and say, but not my will, your will be done. A lifestyle of asking, seeking, and knocking doesn't end with prayer, and it doesn't end with being in God's word, although they're crucial Jesus shows us what the fruit of this lifestyle is when he talks about, when he, when he says, verse 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now this golden rule doesn't originate with Jesus. A lot of religions will talk about if, if you don't want somebody to do something to you, don't do it to them. We use it in parenting all the time. But Jesus pushes this idea further. He says, ask, seek, and knock. And in your asking and seeking and knocking, you learn what you want others to do to you. Then go and do that to them. Go and do that to others. Now this broken world we live in, the brokenness in our own lives, in our families, in our church, in our community, state, country, world, you name it. Everywhere you look, there is brokenness. When we ask, seek, and knock, Jesus isn't saying, I'll fix it. I fixed it. Look, there, I fixed it. It's all better. Ultimately, he will cause all that's falling apart to fall into place. But for now, he is present. And he is good. And he has a plan. He is ready to respond when we go to him. And then he asks us to walk with others, to help others walk through their own brokenness and the brokenness in this world. God might be calling you to share the forgiveness and love of Christ with a coworker, with a classmate, 
with a friend or a neighbor or a family member. God might be calling you to put some food in the bins in the hallways to feed hungry bellies. He might be calling you to make a financial contribution so that we can keep this backpack program going in the three schools that Hope supports. God might be calling you to invite someone to church. Share the Deeply Rooted podcast with somebody. It's really easy to just click share and send it off in a text message. He might be calling you to join the Deeply Rooted Bible study on Sunday mornings. He might be calling you to share the, the hope that we have in Christ with somebody. I remember what it was like to be walking around without that hope. Maybe you do too. The best thing anybody ever told you was about the love of Jesus. Go and do that to others. People of hope, ask God for wisdom. Seek him in his word consistently and persistently. Be in prayer. Pound on his door and you will find that that door is wide open to a relationship with God the Father who is ready to respond with his goodness. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you use your word to move from understanding in our head that you shape our hearts and then you let it pour out of our lives through our hands. God, I pray that you would give each one of us uh, ways that we can do that even as we walk out of this building today. Help us to be your hands and feet. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.